spiritual obedience. And so, how do you pay attention to his leading? Is a question that you have to apply yourself to. Deconstruct the question. Place yourself inside the question. How do I pay my attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit? It goes back to that question. You know, you, we always hear those questions when we're going to the store, when we're purchasing anything. And if you have spouses, you will, you will find yourself coming across that bridge. Well, how are you paying for that? <laughs> right? Parents. Anytime our children living in our house want to go do this, that, and the other, and they're of age, maybe they're in their 15s, their teens, and we're going to say, well, how are you paying for that? And they're going to give you, well, with money, or, or I've saved up this. But it's the question goes underneath the surface. How are you paying for that? Right? And so with this question, there are things that you need to understand with paying attention to his leading. And I talked about obedience. Um, obedient is this, complying or willing to comply with orders or request. It's in other words, submissive to another's will. Now. Superior uh, governments, people will use their will to get submission to those inferior to them. Now, this is the natural understanding to obedience. Complying or willing to comply. So, you either comply or you're willing to comply with the orders or request of another and it's also being submissive to another's will and we all have come under this term called obedience now spiritual obedience is this term to the highest level spiritual obedience is being obedient to your heavenly father who Jesus Christ redeemed you and returned you to. Spiritual obedience is being obedient to Jesus Christ. And spiritual obedience is being obedient to the Holy Spirit and the presence of the kingdom. Why? Because they come as subjects to our Heavenly Father. And now Jesus says in his scriptures, in the Gospels, it is recorded in the testimonies, that he doesn't come and he doesn't speak in his own authority, but he, he speaks only what he hears the Father say and does what the Father tells him to do. And in the book of uh, chapter John, chapter 16, he said the same thing to the Holy Spirit. He does not even speak on his own authority, but from whatever he hears from the throne, he'll deliver to you. So our placement in how to pay attention there's a laundry list of actions or attributes or methods or forms, formulas. <clears throat> but these are kingdom protocols. Your first is spiritual obedience. 
This comes when you're saved and born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you become spiritually obedient to the one who has saved you and redeemed you to his heavenly father. The other is righteousness. Now righteousness has been given terms throughout the decades and generations. But kingdom righteousness is this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kingdom righteousness is being aligned in the Holy Spirit, having your cooperation in the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ, to which we now have access through Jesus to our Heavenly Father. And through Jesus, we have access and proximity. This is kingdom alignment. This is how co-heirs, sons and daughters, live in Father's kingdom. Now, I will give you an example of what exactly what I'm talking about so that you can get a better answer to how you can pay attention. Talking about spiritual obedience and righteousness... And in these are subsets of surrender and submission. Now, if you were to plot these on a piece of paper, um, up top, left corner, you're going to put spiritual obedience. To the right of that, you're going to put righteousness. Below righteousness, you're going to put submission. Or you can put surrender. And to the left, you're going to put submission. So you have spiritual obedience righteousness surrender and submission because surrender comes under righteousness so, uh, submission comes under spiritual obedience when you plot these there's four plots four corners create a door a door is a gate and a door and a gate is an opening to the realm of the spirit, our Heavenly Father's spirit, when you're plotting these. Now, anything that is opposite opens you up to the kingdom of darkness. But we have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. So these four plots, I'm giving you some hidden gems here. Now, I have peppered these in on other shows. But your spiritual obedience, you can just on a sheet of paper, plot them on a sheet of paper, four dots. It will look like a square. You can make it look like a, a, a rectangle. But you're putting spiritual obedience in the left corner. The right corner, you're putting righteousness. Righteousness is being in alignment to the heavenly kingdom. The alignment comes when Jesus saves you, redeems you. And the, him and the Father place his spirit. Father's spirit comes in the name of Jesus Christ in your heart. The essence of your heavenly Father's glory, which is the Holy Spirit. 100% of the Holy Spirit injects into your heart possesses your heart this is why we can say these words I am my father's I am sold out to the kingdom my father owns me because we understand that we are possessed and so our will our intentions have to come into alignment into surrender and submission spiritual obedience and righteousness in cooperation to the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, who redeemed us to have access 
to our Heavenly Father. Makes sense. So if you plot this, you're going to have a sheet of paper. You're going to plot spiritual obedience and righteousness. Below righteousness is surrender. Now this word surrender, which many people have trouble with, because especially when you're in a democratic or republic, this word surrender means this. It is to yield to the power, to yield to the control or possession of another upon compulsion or a demand. It is also understood this way, to give up completely or to agree to forego, especially in favor of another. To give up oneself into the power of another. So this word surrender is an opening. And submission connects, which is a subset of uh, spiritual obedience. This word submission, I'm going to pull this up over here for you. is a legal agreement to submit to the decision of a superior officer. An action of submitting someone for the consideration or inspection of another. Also, it is the action of submitting to the authority or submitting to the control of another. This is this word submission. And many guys abuse this word submission because they rule this word over their spouses. And these are these same guys who are not in submission because they don't understand the kingdom culture. So you have four plots you're going to put the first plot is going to be spiritual obedience it's being obedient complying to the order and the rule of another spiritually when we place the word spiritually we are inferring the father of all spirits the father of creation the father of the universe the father of hopes so the spiritual obedience is going to be your Heavenly Father. You're going to be in spiritual obedience to your Heavenly Father. To the right is your righteousness. Below your righteousness is this word surrender. And surrender is to yield to the power, yield to the control, yield to another upon compulsion or demand. Now, Father doesn't demand when He saves you by His Son. But He does demand that you live in his statutes, his rules, and his ordinances in the kingdom. So yes, there are rules, statutes, and ordinances in the kingdom. Don't allow religion to tell you otherwise. And to the left of that is submission. So those four plots make up a door. And now you can open up your scripture to Psalms 24 and realize that every time you lift up your gates, your king enters in. 
And so you're paying attention to his leading. And I want you to join me because we're going to switch over to the podcast. I'm going to talk about cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So much more to talk about. You're going to miss out on the radio show, but that's okay. I'm going to talk to you again here on Night Moods tomorrow night at 1030 for another 90 minute show. It is Wednesday, hump day. Get ready for your relaxation, your inspiration and empowerment. I'm Michael, your chief mood officer, telling you, be well, be cool, be blessed. I'll talk tomorrow night, right here inside the lab. Night Moods on Blog Talk Radio. So, your abiding is, if you... (laughs) Without you abiding, you miss out on all of the advantages of how to pay attention to his leading. Paying attention to his leading is as you are... Oh, let, me, let me break this down. Let me get off the show here. Because we got so much to offer you today. And I hope you like today's program. Um, I want to let you know that I am using Logos Bible Software. And I've been, I've been using Logos Bible Software for over 11 years. Now, this is software that I study with. Now, I teach out of my keyword Hebrew and Greek study Bible and my Tanakh and a couple other Bibles when I teach uh, in our churches and when I'm on the road teaching. But when I'm here at home, I open up all my books, including my yellow Bible and this local Bible software. You have an opportunity to get your hands on Logos 9. Now, if you want to get your hands on Logos 9, there will be a special discount for you with my name on it. You don't pay anything extra. You just get a discount because you're listening to the show. And I believe in Logos Bible software. And if you're a first-time user, you can catch a discount. So, connect with the show. And if you want to get your hands on Logos 9, just simply send a message. Hey, I am new to Logos and I want to get Logos 9, and I'll make sure that you get Logos 9 software. So it's probably one of the best softwares for that is biblically-based, kingdom-based. You have theology, theologians. You have different translations. I'm utilizing the Lexham English Bible. I have the ESV Bible at hand. And I also will look over to the Holman... Oh, what Bible is it? The uh, H... CSB. So I utilize my Bibles here on Logos Bible software, and you can get yours too. Now, um, there is you can there is so much with Logos. Like my library is out of control with Logos, and you can upload any of the Bible translations that you want. That's going to help you understand your discipleship. If you're a minister, how to even bring forth the the, the word of the Lord. And you can grow how fast you want to grow or how slow you want to go. So Logos Bible Software is what I'm using. And you can get your hands on Logos Bible Software as well. Um, Saying that, I want to bring you into how you can pay attention. I want to bring you in. I want you to now get a little bit closer. We're going to switch from the door. Because now you stepped in the door. That's why I said I want to bring you in. See, we plotted the door, right? There's four points to a door. So the first corner was spiritual obedience. The second was um, 
righteousness, below that was surrender, and then there's submission. Those plot a door. And now we're going to step through the door because we're going to go a little bit deeper. The deconstruction of how you can pay attention. Now, the word to pay, I am a man of terms. Father taught me this when I was in Morocco. I spent a lot of time doing a lot of typing on definitions. He even gave me a homework assignment. So I have um, a notebook full of definitions. To pay, to make due return for services rendered or property delivered. Okay? To pay means to give in return for goods or service. So how can you learn to give in return for his goods and for his service to his leading. Paying attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now your attention is needed when you're paying of yourself, which is to give in return for goods and services. To give in return for holy goods and holy services. This is what you're paying for. You're giving in return for holy goods and services. So you're giving of yourself. So you're divesting you out of you to give to your Heavenly Father so that He can invest in you. He's always making kingdom deposits. How do you pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Another word is attention. The action or state of applying the mind to something. This is beautiful. The action or attention to applying the state of mind or your mindset to something. How do you pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit? How do you divest of yourself to receive holy goods and services in the action or state applying your mindset or the state of mind to something? Now, I know this is a lot. But if I don't break this down, then you're going to miss this bridge. And I want you to come in the door and begin walking with the bridge. The bridge is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, you are responsible for your payment and your attention. You are responsible for your payment and your attention. Your attention is your action or your state of applying your state of mind and your mindset, your emotions and your cognitive skills, which lead to your cognitive abilities, your comprehension, and how your mind interprets information and knowledge and instructs you to work it out. That's called wisdom. The action or state of applying your state of mind and the mindset to something. This is paying attention. Now, Jesus brought forth this crazy kingdom intel about the Holy Spirit. Now, I've done this teaching before, but I want to back up the bus just a little bit so that you can fully understand how you can pay attention to his leading. So we plotted the door, okay? Now, the door is open because you have the four coordinates to the door, right? And this coordinates is going to lead you 
in so that you can learn how to give up yourself and to receive at the same time. Each and every time you give up yourself, you receive something greater. Each and every time you give up yourself, you receive something greater spiritually from your Heavenly Father by His Holy Spirit. This is why I say you must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Your cooperation is, oh my gosh, it is like paramount. Again, we must have terms for you to understand. To cooperate is to the action or work with another or others. It's the action together or the action of compliance. So to cooperate with the Holy Spirit is to act or work with in compliance to his function, responsibility, and his purpose for you. So what is his function? What is his responsibility for me? See, these are questions that you have to ask if you've never understood who possesses your heart. And he is sent to you through the name of Jesus Christ by our Heavenly Father. So you carry 100% of the essence of Heavenly Father. You carry it. His DNA, his RNA, out of his glory, his mannerisms, his character, his morals, his value, his worth, his integrity, his excellence, his love, his joy, his perseverance, his patience, his patience. Now think about what's going on. Father's been patient with the children of God in all of these generations, including this generation that is acting out of order. So you carry the essence of your Heavenly Father in your heart and the Holy Spirit manifests function, responsibility, and purpose in you and before you. So your spiritual senses, your natural senses, now are bridged with your spiritual senses. This is just the higher spiritual senses that are the same to your natural senses in the realms of the spirit that differentiate in the realm of the spirit spirituality to what is natural relative to what is happening to your five senses on earth so your spiritual senses take you into the heavenlies the realm of the spirit into atmosphere heavenly territories heavenly environments that you can hear that you can even taste smell that you can touch and see and and this is a part of your birthright so let me break all this down here we're going to go to John 3 through 5 so that you understand the birthright which enables you to see and enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the birthright comes upon you when you have been saved from the kingdom of darkness, salvation, and then you're transferred into the kingdom of light. The transfer is done by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, you are in Father's kingdom. Now it's up to you to engage, encounter, and experience and execute your identity in your identity 
in Father's kingdom, in the presence of his kingdom. So John 3. Let's go John 3 through 5, right? Chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. Now, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is a, uh, a, a, a high-level Pharisee, and essentially, these were known as separatists and purists. These were members of the strict religious legalist party in Judaism after the exile. These are the Pharisees. And this is Nicodemus, a ruler. And this man came to Jesus at night and said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from Heavenly Father, for no one is able to perform these signs that you are performing unless Heavenly Father were with him. Talking about God. Jesus answers Nicodemus and says to him, Truly, truly, as I say to you, unless someone is born from above, he is not able to see the kingdom of God. To see the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of heaven is a destination and having a location past the north stars, due north, where the throne of God is at, the mountain of God, the cloud of witnesses, the martyrs and those who are martyred underneath the table of God, the, th the throne, there's a table that's underneath the throne, the seven spirits who are active in Father's rule and administration, and chief among them is the spirit of wisdom. You want to get to know her in Proverbs chapter 8. So he says, as a matter of fact, anytime you read and you are studying Jesus' words, whenever he says, truly, truly, he is saying, as a matter of fact, I say to you, unless someone is born from above, so he's, what is above is above earth, is above the, the cosmos, is above the celestials. What is above is heaven. He is not able to see the kingdom of God. And he's referring to the kingdom of God is himself and the Holy Spirit. See, Holy Spirit is remanded to earth. He cannot leave earth until the return of Messiah. Now Nicodemus said to him, because this puzzled him, how can a man be born when he is an old man? He is not able to enter into his mother's womb for the second time and be born, can he? Now he knows the answer to this question. And it's not even a trick question. Maybe it could be a condescending question because you know the answer. Jesus says to him the second time, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and spirit, he is not able to enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Then he says, what is born of the flesh is flesh, natural birth. And what is born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is spirit. So now he adds in the Holy Spirit. Then he says, do not be astonished that I said to you, it is necessary for you to be born from above. The wind blows wherever the wind wishes, and you hear the sound of the wind, but you do not know where the wind comes from or where 
the wind is going. And this is so brilliant right here. Because look at your atmosphere right now. Go ahead and look at it. Don't look at that behind me. Look at look at the atmosphere. And what do you see? You, you don't see the air you breathe. It is so finite in its chemistry. And this is the breath of life. So it it almost pains me. Yeah, it drives me crazy. When we're breathing the breath of life and we don't understand what we're breathing and these plagues that have come to the earth have attempted to hinder the, the laws of the kingdom into earth, meaning this is the breath of life that you breathe. It gives life. And you don't want to breathe the breath of life and don't let me get there. Let me just, let me, let me, let me go back there. Let me go back there. The breath of life is what you breathe. This, this is the Holy Spirit. Right? Now he's remanded. He is remanded to earth when Jesus ascended. And the Holy Spirit fell upon the brothers and sisters of the first generation in Israel in the upper room. That's when the Holy Spirit was remanded to earth. Now, Father's air, this breath of life that we breathe, we don't see it, we don't, you know, you just feel it, you hear it, but you can't see it, but you breathe it. And that is something supernatural beyond supernatural, right? If there was ever a, a term beyond supernatural, because there's nothing beyond supernatural. This is just a law of life. Who can understand where the wind blows from? But you hear it but you can't taste it. The only things you can taste in the wind are the particles and the chemical agents from natural settings and plants and flowers. So you'll know when you're in a forest or in a grass field or, or in a garden, you're smelling different flower fragrances. And then sometimes you can even smell Father's fragrance. Let me stay focused. Paying attention to his leading. Now, I've demonstrated to you pain, surrender, submission, obedience, righteousness, and cooperation. Your birthright enables you now to begin the journey of understanding the Holy Spirit. Your birthright begins the generation. Your birthright is in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. This is why I read this to you, because you have to understand, this is your birthright. <clears throat> Every saved and born again, spirit-filled brother and sister, you are now in the kingdom of God. So this birthright is essential to your being. Meaning you have rights to see by the power of the Holy Spirit and enter into heaven. It's not for when you die. Or Jesus would have said that. And the proof is in the pudding. And there's meeting pudding, spiritual pudding, that many brothers and sisters are seeing in the realm of the spirit and are entering in the realm of the spirit. And the crazies, the fanatics, have emotionalized and abused their privilege, which has caused people to stand back and say, no, that's, that's not right. But 
This statement in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5 is your birthright, your kingdom birthright. Now, Jesus, go to John 14. I want you to go on because abiding in the Holy Spirit, you need to know his function, his purpose. Now, Jesus says something very important here. And talk about his abiding and his purpose and his function and his responsibility. But I'm setting this up for you so that you get a greater understanding how you can pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I got to set it up. I got to break it down to build it back up again. So we're on the foundation. Now we're going to build the structure and the structure is the Holy Spirit. He is who holds the foundation and the the roof underneath the canopy of heaven together. Because without the Holy Spirit, this whole thing doesn't exist without the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this awesome thing in chapter 14 and verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe it also in me. Now, this sentence and he goes on and says in my house there are many dwelling places but if not I would not have told you because I'm going away to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am you may be also and he's talking about that time of eternity and so then there begins a question of Thomas but he says something in 14.1 that you need to understand here. And he says in 14.1, do not let your hearts be troubled because the placement of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be placed, housed, possessing the heart. And if the heart is troubled, then it's going to be a challenge for Father to place his spirit that's not defiled into a distressed organ that gives life because he's not distressed so he wants to place his spirit into something that is not distressed hence salvation and your born again experience now this is john 14 and he's telling them because his disciples were not filled baptized and filled with the holy spirit the question you may ask is why not because they were walking with the son of god Yeshua HaMashiach. They were walking with the visible image of the invisible God. So they had no need for themselves yet to be born again until our Lord and Savior ascended to the right hand of Heavenly Father. So he says this statement, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'm getting and undressing this foundation to begin to build the structure of how you can pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now notice I'm not talking about whatever you are going through in life yet because that's for you and the Holy Spirit. I am bringing you to the doorway so that through the doorway you can enter because in truth it's the Holy Spirit who was to be teaching you of all spiritual things. A servant of God is going to bring you to the doorway. And the door is Jesus Christ. His words recorded in his testimonies in the, the Gospels were, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come 
to the Father, except they go through me. So a servant is going to bring you to the door of the house of God and say, go in through him. I've done my, my responsibility up to this moment. Now you walk through Jesus to get to your heavenly Father. So this verse 1 in chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because a troubled heart can't house the Holy Spirit. Remember, they're not born again. When you're born again, he possesses you. And so you'll have the meters of trouble in the state of mind and the mindset. But he does not want your heart troubled because then the troubleness, like a, a oh, what's the best word? Like a vibration. Trouble becomes like a vibration in the body. And if the heart is troubled, that means the, the Holy Spirit can be disturbed. And he doesn't want your heart disturbed. Or, we break it down here for you to understand. Yeah. He doesn't want your heart to be in a place of terrasso. This is disturbed or troubled. And this disturbance brings an affinity of uncertainty in the heart. And that's the very organ that you cannot have any uncertainty because the Holy Spirit is housed in the, the heart. Isn't this beautiful? So going through, so you didn't know, the Holy Spirit, function, purpose, and responsibilities for you has everything to do with what you do with this information. Because John 14, verse 15. Remember, here... I don't play around with religion. I live in a kingdom. He's allowed me by grace alone and mercy to experience. I get to engage and to have kingdom encounters. Oh, they're wonderful encounters. You have to check me out on our Apple Premium because I go into our, my spiritual encounters with the Lord in the kingdom. John 14, verse 15. And he's talking in, this is one of his intimate books. The book of Jacob is the intimate relationships of Yeshua's disciples and him as he is having his most intimate settings recorded with the Heavenly Father. But it's more so about relationship with Yeshua in real time. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father. You will ask, Heavenly Father. And my Heavenly Father will give you another advocate. This word advocate is parakletos. Parakletos is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth in order that he may be with you forever. So this advocate, the parakletos in the Greek, is the Holy Spirit. And this spirit of truth, and he's now known as a spirit of truth, the essence of Abba Father, the parakletos, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, whom the world is not able to receive, because the world does not see the Holy Spirit or know the Holy Spirit. 
Now the world can't see the Holy Spirit. He's talking about John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5, because the world isn't born again. This is the next matter that needs to be addressed when you're saved. If you're saved and not born again listening to this program, you need to be saved and born again. Jesus stated, your argument is not with me and theology. Your argument is with the words of Jesus Christ. Truly, truly, as a matter of fact. So your argument must be this. How can I become born again? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you speak that from your heart and not the concepts of your state of mind and your mindset, when you speak it from truth, then truth opens up the truth. Yes? So, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, another parakletos. The parakletos is in order that he may be with you forever, abiding with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world is not able to receive the spirit of truth because the world does not see him or know him. So he's inferring back to John chapter 3, 3 through 5. And he says, but you know the spirit of truth, the parakletos, because he abides with you and will be with you. His responsibility is that he abides with us, the children of God. That's his responsibility. I need you to get this. Holy Spirit has two responsibilities in earth. Is to abide with the children of God. At the same time, he has responsibilities to the world. Because you came out of the world for him to abide in your heart. Now, his responsibility to you is to abide. Now, abiding is a revolving door. He abides in you because he possesses our heart. And he possesses our heart meaning we are no longer our own the father owns us yes i said that right the heavenly father owns you when you are saved and born again when you're saved you still own you but when you're saved and born again and filled with his spirit he owns you because he placed his essence in you so the king has ownership papa has ownership and the judge rules Oh, he rules through his son in your favor. And so he adjudicates justice through his son. So if you want the justice of your heavenly father, then you better get through and get connected to Jesus Christ. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he says, you know the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the Spirit of Truth, because he abides, resides, remains, stays with you, and he will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in your heart, and this is what you need to understand. Here's a responsibility to you, is duality. He abides in you and has responsibility to the world. So there's two responsibilities going on. Now, if you want to know his responsibilities to the world, jump down with me to John 16, verse 7. 
Jesus is speaking to his disciples. They get the intimate writings from Yeshua. And he says in John 16, 7, but I tell you the truth. Truly, truly, as a matter of fact. So your argument is not with me. Save your emails. Your argument is with truly, truly, as a matter of fact. If I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate, the parakletos, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will. Now he, Jesus addresses the world because the Holy Spirit functions in duality. He has function and responsibility in duality. Check this out. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and convict the world concerning righteousness and convict the world concerning judgment. That's 16, 8 of John. He immediately talks about responsibility to the world. His responsibility to the world has consequences. And the consequences to the world are laid out in verses 10 and 11. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you are not able to bear those many things now. But when the advocate, the spirit of truth comes, he will, here becomes the lesson in responsibility, no, excuse me, functions and purpose. Now, Jesus is going to talk about functions and purpose, starting at verse 13. These functions are the same functions and purpose to every son and daughter. The distinction is we're, we're different to our Heavenly Father, our character, our traits, our, the way we speak with our Heavenly Father. We're just different, right? But the same functions, the same purposes by the Holy Spirit. Peep this out. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. He guides you into all truth. Purpose and function work hand in hand like the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge in Proverbs chapter 8. Purpose here. Let me get you to understanding of purpose. What is purpose? Purpose is something set up a resolution or determination. It's intentionality. So the intentionality of the Holy Spirit and the function work hand in hand. It's really clever what our Heavenly Father does. So the intentionality of the Holy Spirit and the function of the Holy Spirit works the same. The function and intention the action for which a thing or person is fitted or used or for which a thing exists. His function and purpose. He begins in verse 13. He says, he will guide you into all truth. Write this down. Verse 13 on the second half, he says, he will not speak from his own authority. 
there's a higher authority, which is Heavenly Father. So understand your scripture. Your argument is not with this theology, because my theology is going to be the kingdom theology. And the kingdom theology is Jesus Christ theology. So the Holy Spirit is not a person. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the essence of our Heavenly Father, who is the Father of all spirits. Jesus is this visible son of the invisible Father. So your three persons, you can see me later with the three persons. Back to Kingdom 101. Function and purpose. He will not speak from his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will proclaim, preach to you the things to come. He is why we understand the future and why we can prophesy because of the Holy Spirit. Man should not be teaching you how to prophesy. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. So, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak from his own authority. He will not speak from his, himself. But whatever he hears, he transfers to you. And he will proclaim to you. This word proclaim. An angelo. He will proclaim. He will declare. An angelo. An angelo is a form of angels. An angelo means he will declare to you things to come. He will declare to you the things to come. He will declare to you your future, prophesy to you. He will glorify me, Jesus, because he, the Parakletos, will take from what is mine and he will proclaim it to you. So he will glorify Jesus because Jesus is the Son of Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father's essence glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. This makes sense. Because he will take from what is mine and will proclaim it to you. So he will transfer from what is Jesus to you. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Jesus is not in your heart. The Holy Spirit, which is the essence of your Heavenly Father, is in your heart. Jesus is right now at the right hand of Heavenly Father. I got more to talk about that on my Apple podcast on our premium content. So you want to get some information on the spiritual side of what happens in heaven. Um, it is awesome. Okay? So I'm going to say it is awesome. And by His grace and mercy alone enables me to talk about these things. And I'm not the only one. It's a wonderful opportunity because it's part of our birthright. So His function and purposes are given to us in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. Now, how do you pay attention to His leading? It has everything to do with your spiritual obedience, your righteousness, your surrender and submission in your cooperation to the Holy Spirit and understanding His function, His purposes and responsibilities to you. So now you get to ask questions. Holy Spirit, whatever your question is, you can ask him. Notice that he's your teacher. So I'm only bringing you to the doorway. 
now you get to step through the doorway. And stepping through the doorway gives you access to ask questions in the realm of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the first place you get to ask questions. He will glorify Jesus because the Paracletos will take from Jesus and declare it to us. So he's a transmitter. He transfers kingdom intelligence to us. This is why we're able to have the spirit of wisdom, have the spirit of knowledge, have the, the, the gifts of healing, the gift of miracles, uh, discern. These are all done by the Holy Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so this abiding, paying attention, means you are divesting of yourself and learning how to abide, to rest and or remain with the Holy Spirit because he is remanded to earth. <laughs> I'm going to finish this up for you real quick here. This is awesome. If you're getting something great from this, I want you to subscribe right now and like. And if you have a question, I want you to send me a question about what you're listening to and what you're learning because this is learning. I'm deconstructing this segment of the Gospels of the Kingdom. Remanded is he's ordered back to send back. So Father has remanded, he's ordered his spirit to earth. He sent his spirit back to his creation for our advantage. And your advantage enables you to do so much in this kingdom. You have to understand, your advantage is he will guide you into all truth. How to pay attention to his leading, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Means you want to cooperate, come into compliance, associate, connect, stay plugged into the Holy Spirit, abide with the Holy Spirit. Now let's tiptoe back into John 15. And many of you listening have come to church or see me in the ministry or what have you. And I've taught this. Deconstructed this down to the foundation where he needed me to teach this. So I'm going to run through this and you're going to take the challenge of studying this or just playing the playback. But take the notes. If you have any questions, I want to be able to answer these for you. John chapter 16 is the is is the protocols of how sons and daughters live in Father's kingdom. This word abiding unlocks the doors. Okay? There are four points that create a door, right? Four points that make a door. In John chapter 15, between verses 4 through verse 16, Jesus builds a door. And abiding is the key that opens the door. Abiding is connected to John 15 and verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. Okay? That's the first plot. Verse 4. Um, go to verse 7. Remain in me uh, let me see. It's abiding in okay, abiding in Jesus is the first plot. Now he also says, "Now abide in my words," and that is verse seven. If you ab abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. Now he says something really, really awesome in verse 7 that you have to understand. He gives you two points to the door, abiding in him and abiding in his words. And when you abide in him and abide in his words, he says in verse 7 on the back end, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. But the key is abiding. It's not just saying I did it once. So I'm going to ask you what I want and you're supposed to give me what I want. That's not how it works. Yeshua says, abide in me, rest and remain in me. This is abiding. Stay, remain, reside in me. Stay, remain, reside in my words. And if you do these two, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. I'll let I'll leave that where it needs to lay and you can uncover that and get a mind-blowing moment because then he continues to add so I want to go to John 16 and 9 16 and 10 if you keep my commandments you will remain in my love abide in my love so abide in him abiding his words if you abide in him and his words you can ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you he says because when you abide you're glorifying your Heavenly Father and you will bear much fruit you will put on display the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's in Galatians 5 22 and 5 23 that's a whole nother subject but now he says in verse 10 he adds to it if you keep my commandments so Jesus says I have commandments these aren't the old covenant commandments see Jesus when he was born he was transitioning, phasing out one old covenant and putting on top of that a new covenant. So we live upon a better covenant which covers the first covenant. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and remain, abide in his love. So, abiding in his love and the love in this context oh this is good is agape love this love is understood as the highest level of love this defines our relationship with Heavenly Father and dictates how we should treat him and treat others through him this agape love we do on a radio show Monday through Friday and it's a beautiful thing to receive agape love. You want to be a part of the radio show, by, by the way. It's Night Moves HDQ. Check out the radio show. Um, and you can connect and go through the secret place where we do exercises. And this taking in agape love is one of them. It's really strong. It's really awesome. But the third one, this is the, the, first, the third plot on the door. That is you abide in Jesus' love. Because he abides in his father's love. Now, go to 16. Because here is the last plot to the door. And four plots make up a door, a gate. And a gate is how you go through. Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. No one can come to the father except they come through me. How you pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit, as I shared, Spiritual obedience, righteousness, surrender, submission, cooperation, 
and understanding responsibility of the Holy Spirit, his purposes, his function to you. And abiding opens the door for you to learn in a 